Koppel, host of the Time for Coffee podcast, where you get firsthand career advice into the jobs and industries that interest you the most. And before we start today's show, I have a quick favor to ask you. If you haven't already, I'd be incredibly grateful if you give us a rating and a review on iTunes. And if you're like me, you need to do it now because you'll forget later and because it's the best way to help others who may be in search of career advice to find this free resource. So press pause if you haven't done it and do it right now. I'll wait. Thanks so much and enjoy today's show. Hey there, Java junkies. Welcome to another K-Cup mini episode of Time for Coffee. By the way, K-Cups come in three sizes, single, double, and triple shots, or roughly one minute, five minutes, or ten minutes in length. So if you don't have time to throw back an entire caffeinated career conversation, these K-Cup mini-episodes of T4C can give you a quick caffeinated fix, whether you're on the go or you only have a few minutes to binge. So grab your mug and take a chug, because it's time for a caffeinated career triple-shot K-Cup with my guest, Timothy Visosili. We should also probably let our listeners know, in case they haven't already figured this out, that when you graduated from CU Boulder, and I am saying it correctly because Timothy already corrected me, it's not UC Boulder, it's CU Boulder. When he graduated in 2019, his major was something called engineering plus with an emphasis on mechanical engineering and a concentration in engineering management. Now, until now, I had never heard of engineering plus, Timothy. Mm -hmm. What is it? And is this something to your knowledge that is on other campuses or is this something somewhat unique to CU Boulder? Engineering plus is kind of a more broad engineering degree. I originally actually started in mechanical engineering and it's such a new degree that they didn't have it when I started college. It was like something that started my sophomore year and I switched into it because it was really appealing to me. A typical mechanical engineering degree would be you take everything to the mechanical engineering department and you can you might have a few electives that you can go elsewhere. But engineering plus kind of opens up everything. So I was able to take my classes through any departments and it allowed me to really explore and kind of have a more generalist degree, which was kind of my goal. Some people, they're okay with just focusing on mechanical engineering, but I wanted to do a whole bunch of different things. So that's what Engineering Plus is. It's just a very broad degree, very project-based focus, which I really liked as well, very hands-on. And I believe that there actually probably is programs like this in other universities. I don't know what they'd be called. Engineering Plus is what CU calls it, but many other universities, I've talked to other people who go to different universities in Colorado and KU and stuff like that. I grew up in Kansas, so I have a lot of friends there. And yeah, they have like various degrees that are just more general in the engineering world. Got it. And what is engineering management? Engineering management was basically a way for me to build my business experience through school and actually develop some of the business side of Stride Tech Medical, utilizing my credits. So engineering management was just kind of like Again, fairly broad. A lot of people used it to become like project managers for engineering companies. So they would have to deal with like 
kind of managing a team of engineers, come up with the milestones, the budget, making sure to balance. Usually in the case where you're managing a team of engineers or a client that wants you to build something for them, manage their expectation, manage their needs with what you can actually do and that kind of thing. That's a typical engineering manager. But the degree allowed me to basically take any management level course. So I went to the business school and I took marketing classes and I took business plan writing classes and I used and I talked to the professors and talked to them about Stride Tech Medical and what we're doing. And I was like, can I just use my company for your class and and we can I can get credit for building my business? And they're like, yeah, I mean, as long as you meet the course requirements. And it was a fantastic trade-off of being able to yeah, utilize my degree to start a business. Beautiful. Yeah. And as you're describing this, Timothy, it sounds to me like the entrepreneurial version of having been enrolled in a co-op. Mm-hmm. So rather than studying and then going to work for an established corporation, you were studying and building your startup. So mm-hmm. really getting dirt under your fingernails. Yeah, absolutely. I think that being an undergrad or being in college is a great way to utilize your degree to start something new and really develop a company. If that's what you're interested in, then there are a lot of ways you can do that. Like what? I can already touch on it a little bit with the classwork and focusing on classes that allow you to bring your own project to them, which is what I did and allow you to develop different aspects of your business that you want to develop through that coursework. And then the other thing is, yeah, talking to your professors who are experts, who are very, very experienced in specific areas and talking to them about your business, even if it's just going to office hours. I think I even had a class that was a business plan writing class where you were allowed to pitch your business to write a a plan for it. But the class has to pick the ones that you write your plan for. It was like your top six. And so everyone gets to pitch business and I pitched mine and the class didn't pick it. <laughs> so I wasn't able to work on stride tech through the class, which I thought was kind of funny, but I still went to office hours and I talked to a professor and was like, I'm going to be working on the coursework in parallel with my company stride tech. And he was like, cool. Yeah. Come to office hours and I'll give you feedback and advice on your business plan, even though I'll be grading you on this other one. Fantastic. You know, I read through your LinkedIn profile, Timothy, and in it, you talk about the fact that over the four years that you were at CU, you participated in or led close to 30 projects and did so in classes, in internships and clubs. What did that look like? You just alluded to one that was in the classroom. Mm -hmm. Could you give us an example of something outside of Stride Tech, outside of that particular class where Stride Tech wasn't selected? Yeah. Are you trying to get me to stop talking about Stride Tech? Is that what you're doing? Absolutely not. We are going to be talking about Stride Tech the rest of the interview. <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding. It's, it's okay. It's, it can be refreshing sometimes to talk about other things. Yeah, I did a lot of clubs and I did a few internships. So that's like on the extracurricular side, I was a part of a club called Design for America. And that one was a huge one. It's basically what I really liked about it is it is a part of a larger organization. So Design for America, they have, I believe at the time it was like 36, but they're growing. So they probably have closer to 40 universities across the nation who all have Design for America studios. So it is very likely that 
if you're a listener, your university might have Design for America Club. I would highly recommend looking it up because what they do is it's basically a student-led design studio that takes on local community-based problems that are design-oriented, that are usually have some sort of positive social impact. And then they develop and build a team of students to tackle that problem. And it could be, it's not just engineering related. And that's why I really liked it. It could be artistic. It could be more civil-based or even political or like anything. It could be any kind of type of social problem that you want to tackle. And then you just build a team around it and tackle it. Most of the projects I worked on were very engineering focused, but we had people developing art installations. We would have a local museum or they want to develop some sort of children-friendly exhibit or something like that. And then we just would build a design team around it and, and do a project for a semester where we focused on solving that problem. That was kind of one way that I got a lot of projects under my belt. And I also got a lot of management experience in that. It, it kind of helped with... I was managing a team of people. And then I was one of the founding members of Design for America at the time. So I was actually kind of recruiting students, managing the finances and getting the projects established. So you're reaching out to people in the community, businesses, organizations, just cold calling them up and saying, Hey, we're a student-led design team. We want to solve your problems. Let's talk. And it kind of gave me a little bit of this entrepreneurial mindset, something that's really, really important in starting a business. And so that's kind of the start, the fostering of my entrepreneurial mindedness that led to straight debt. One of the internships that you had, I guess it was your junior year, was with iFlight, mm-hmm. which was an early stage startup working on augmented and virtual reality solutions for people with disabilities. I believe you were the third member of the team. How did you break into that team and become a part of this program? Yeah. If you're a student and you'd like to work for a startup, and there's a lot of opportunities out there, but it's kind of hard. Not hard in that it's fairly easy if you know how to do it. But the hard part from a founder perspective is that you just don't have a bandwidth. You don't have like an HR team to go recruit hundreds of people. You often rely on like your network and people to tell you about, oh, this person's interested in working for a startup, blah, blah, blah. You usually only have like two or three applicants if you do put out a job description. So it's kind of different. What's nice though is that if you do get into that community. It is a tight-knit community. You can get those introductions. And there are even programs in universities to often help facilitate that. You'll be on a list of maybe five people. So you have a high likelihood of actually getting the job, which is really nice. And you have way more responsibilities with your job because you're not just like a small intern in a very large company. You're a big part of this company and you have a lot of responsibility. It's a great internship opportunity if you can find it. So what I did was we had a few programs One was Startup Summer. It was like basically a program that would link startups with summer interns and you would get to work for that startup for the summer. And then on top of that, they would pair all the interns into teams and then those teams would have to start companies and then pitch them at the end of summer just as like a practice run for starting a business in in only three months. That was just a program through the university. And I'm sure that there's a lot of similar programs in other universities that you can take advantage of. 
once you're kind of into that startup community, so that's how I met iFlight was like, they were on the list of startups looking for summer interns. And I was applying to this startup summer program and I got linked up with them. But then I met so many people in the industry. So many like in Boulder, particularly the startup community is very close. And so I got to meet a lot of other founders, a lot of other companies and just kind of get integrated into that community. One way that we've hired interns from schools and universities is we've participated in startup focused career fairs. They were hosted by CU, but they're a little bit smaller. And so they're often not marketed to the entire university. And you kind of got to take some digging, ask around. Maybe your university will have something. So we will do a career fair and we have a table and, and things like that. So we found a few internships that way. And then other than that, We've also utilized the universities. They use Handshake, which is like a university-based job board. And we will post there as well. And too many examples, but last one. I love it. Keep it coming. (laughs) Professors are also a great way, especially if you are taking a class by a professor that does some sort of entrepreneurial-focused thing or they're into entrepreneurship. I can't tell you how many professors I've had that have started companies or are doing research that they're hoping to start a company out of, or they're in the business side and they've done it on that side as well. So talk to them and just let them know, hey, like I would be interested in working for a startup. They will recommend... Like, I, I can't tell you how many times I get emails from professors and how many times I reach out to professors if I'm looking for something specific. Thanks for tuning in to this K-Cup mini episode of Time for Coffee. If you want to listen to our entire caffeinated career conversation, please check out the show notes for this episode. Thanks so much for listening to this latest episode of T4C. And if you're interested in learning more about my coaching services for confused college students and recent grads, feel free to check out the Time for Coffee website under the coaching tab at time, the number four, coffee.org or text me at 202-236-5712. That's 202-236-5712. Thank you.